0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce you today, Heather Rutherford. Heather is another parenting coach like myself, and she set up the parenting partnership a few years ago. She said that she signed up for this parenting course in twenty, well, 2006 when she realized that she needed support to manage their young son, then his impulsive, physical and challenging behavior. The tools and the skills that she learned helped transform their young family, and she saw amongst many things how vital it was to understand a child's temperament and behavior and to communicate more consistently, calmly and positively. Through the process, she learned a lot about herself and these skills that have been invaluable to help navigate Heather's family through breast cancer and divorce. Heather, thank you so much for being here. I'm so thrilled that you're here to talk to us today. Thank you,
1: Kai. I'm absolutely delighted.
0: And what we're really talking about today is really, let's sort sort of face it, avoiding the pitfalls of perfectionism. And the reason why I'm I'm sort of drawn to this is not only because it's, I think, the highest sort ranking of your blog posts on your blog, but also I am sort of speaking to quite a few parents who are sort of saying at at time of recording, this is sort of mid-January 2021. And they're going, do you know what, Kai? Seriously, we're in lockdown three. And I really would have thought by now we would have had this sorted. I really would have thought that I knew what I was doing, but I feel as though I'm sort of treading on eggshells, flying by the seat of my pants, and it's just not right. I haven't, I I don't have a handle on it. And I think what us parents are struggling with is that that, and it is, is that need for getting things right, that need to feel as though we're doing everything by the book, that need to feel as though we are being the perfect parent that we need to be. And I'd like to sort of challenge that and sort of say, well, it's sort of, fairly impossible to be perfect so what's the blooming point in trying what do you reckon Heather
1: I think that is absolutely right I think that what we've been through over this last year or so has really highlighted for all of us this real desire naturally that we want to do our best and sometimes I think what we're realizing is that our best is actually unachievable And when we talk about perfectionism, whether it's in fact, we're looking at our children as perfectionists or also ourselves, it's that real difference between a healthy striving, healthy striving to achieve and do our best and versus rather the idea of these self-imposed standards that we have for ourselves that actually often are unrealistic and beyond our expectations. So what it really comes down to for me the idea of perfectionism is about managing expectations. And just as you said, Kai, it's expectations often that we have for ourselves.
0: And I think that's what I have learned about myself is, and, and I, I'm a NLP master practitioner. And I remember sort of halfway through, we were doing some exercise or, you know, sort of, and, and we were sort of, you know, trying to testing out all these techniques mm-hmm. on ourselves. And I remember literally sort of a huge in sharp intake of breath from myself and and then followed by a bit of a meltdown and tears and snot all over the place when I realized that one of my issues limiting beliefs challenges was that if I was not perfect no one would love me yeah And that for me was a real sort of groundbreaking moment because I suddenly realized that everything and and this was, I mean, it must have been about 10 years ago now, but I was sort of early 40s and... I just remember, oh, my gosh, all my behavior up until now has been to be perfect, to being the best, best person that I could be, be it the daughter, be it the, you know, sort of colleague, be it the mum, whatever. And that's massive. That's huge to put ourselves under so much pressure.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. it's And it is, just as you said, usually it is this self-imposed pressure that we put on ourselves. And I think it might be interesting to mention – the whole idea that brings us to, which is when we have such high expectations of ourselves, anything below perfection is failure. So, for the perfectionist, there is nothing between you know, success and failure. And that is hugely important. So, in the day to day homeschooling life that we're living at the moment, that may be the ideal that you have in your mind that, you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get my kids settled. They're all going to be super cooperative. They're going to do what they need to do. I'm going to be able to sit down and do my job. They'll be fed. The laundry will be done. The dog will be walked. And then I'll actually be able to speak to my husband, maybe sit on the sofa, watch some Netflix, put the kids, maybe they even put themselves to bed on their own. And I'll turn the light out, fulfilled, calm, and ready for another day. Now, that if that's our idea of kind of what we think life should be just to imagine how we feel um today as uh with what we're going through
0: and and you're you're quite right it's it's sort of that image that you've painted is a bit sort of stepford wives isn't it yeah, yeah. and and yeah. it is unmanageable. I mean, you know, even even when I look at what I'm sort of meant to have achieved today, I started two hours later than I was meant to. Well, I'm never going to play catch up then, am I? And, you know, I think that's the thing is the fact that um, it's putting ourselves under that expectation, those unrealistic expectations. But tell me, Heather, how does that have a knock-on effect let's say, let's focus on the parent that's, you know, me, who is trying to be perfect all the time and have have this perfect family. Mm And how does that impact our, you know, those around us, those close to us?
1: Well, good, in a huge way, because um, if we um, are requiring of ourselves, and then usually pretty much everyone around us sort of, Perfection. Um, we are. We're emanate. You know what emanates from us is this. Is this quite rigid um, requirement? Sort of demands for everybody to to do what in our minds they should be doing, and actually be the person that we think that they should be as well. So a, oh, yeah. a, the kind of mindset is one that doesn't um, celebrate uh, usually failure. Celebrate the um, the individual, the the quirks, all the wonderful things about each of our children. It doesn't necessarily celebrate what we talk about um, as this growth mindset approach to life, right? Which is all about the harder we work, um, the, the actual, the, the more we'll learn as opposed to, um, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be this person that, that we perceive you to be. So it's a pretty rigid, I would say, um, unhelpful. And then the other thing that's really important is that we know that one of the things we want to do with our kids is help them understand um, how they operate on an emotional level. And yep. generally, the perfectionist has less room for tolerating the whole range of emotions, which is it's all your work, Kai, too, isn't it? That it's about teaching our children that um, it's okay to feel any way they do and to be in touch with their feelings. And I think that makes it very difficult.
0: Well, I hadn't even thought of that as the fact that the perfectionist is actually not giving themselves terribly much wiggle room, are they really?
1: No, they have no wiggle room at all. And, um, and I think also we might mention it sounds quite drastic, but perfectionism is is I think I look at it as kind of a continuum. So, you know, you have people who are co- quite um, and it can be very difficult and lead to problems of mental health. Really far down this um, perfectionist tendency kind of road, whereas we know amongst uh, other ones of us have less of a tendency, but it's still there. So it's in a way the degree of wiggle room. But we need to teach our children that we all, uh, that failure is how we learn, that it's a messy road. And um, to do that, we need to model that ourselves.
0: So, how does the perfectionist? model failure then well wow. even that makes my the back of my knees go but i the thing is is that i don't mind in fairness i i i like to get things right and i i like to get things as i expect actually in fairness failure to me yes is is um part of the learning curve it's part of success Absolutely. isn't it yeah um, So maybe I wasn't as bad as I thought I was because I I, I don't mind falling over and getting it wrong as long as I can learn from that.
1: Yeah. So, well, I think as a parent, there's a couple of um, examples. One thing I like to say is we want to make our homes shame free zones. Okay. so we want to send the message out that um, that it's all about the struggle, mistakes and failure. And we also need to look really carefully as how how invested we get in our children's achievements. So, um, so oh, and I'll give you an example. So, and I, I love this. This is very much, you know, growth mindset, Carol Dweck kind of speak, who's, who's the person who developed it all. But if we focus on, did you win? What did you get? Um, you look perfect. Then that's the message that we send to our children, that that's what's important to us. So what we pay attention to is what our children take on board as being important. And if I said to you instead, Kai, um, how did, how did it go? How did you enjoy the match? Did you guys try that new thing you worked on during practice? I know you had a really tough time passing today. How did it go? Or if I said, how did you feel about your history test? Yeah. Um, uh, I know you were really worried and I'm not asking you, what you think you got, and what did Sarah, who sits next to you, do? I want to know about your about the process. So, um, and then also, if things don't go according to plan, then you say, um, then you say, "Wow, I know that would that's really disappointing. I know how much effort you put in, or I know how much that meant to you." You don't say what happened right and i always so it's yeah. it's just the nuances in in, in what we notice and i um, you talk about this a lot it's also about the language yeah. that we use with our kids and the language our language our soundtrack becomes their soundtrack
0: so that that's the thing i mean it, it it's sort of modeling the behavior you want to see isn't it so i mean cuz I know there are sort of some parents that sort of go, oh, my gosh, my child is putting themselves under so much pressure. I wish, you know, and, and it's these kids who are sort of A-grade students already and are still striving for better, you know, if you can, okay, A star. Yeah. But but how, as parents, then do we model the it's all right, love, you know, not to – um get the A's, the A stars the whole time without sort of get, you know, without um, encouraging sort of taking the foot off the pedal, but how how do we encourage our kids not to be perfectionists themselves and to sort of, do you know what I mean?
1: I do know exactly what you mean. So let's take the example of you've got a son and he's an A star, you know, A grade student. And um, for whatever reason, things didn't turn out as he planned and he comes and he gets a, you know, B, which for him, is devastating. So the first thing that we want to do is put ourselves in his shoes. And I always really like to tell parents that when we put ourselves, ourselves in our kid's shoes, those shoes are smelly. They
0: don't, <laughs> fit,
1: they don't fit right. And it feels super <laughs> uncomfortable. And we as parents shy away so often for from really getting down and dirty into how our children feel because it feels uncomfortable to us. We want our kids to feel happy. We want them to succeed. We don't want to be down there often in the trenches feeling their pain. But if I say to you, Kai, wow, that must be so disappointing. I know how much this meant to you. And I know particularly this this test, you worked really hard. You um, You must feel devastated. I'm not showing sympathy i'm not pitying you i'm saying look
0: i just i get it you know that that's even because because i sort of thought i sort of did do that you know (laughs) seeing someone else's point of view but actually putting yourself in their shoes is it is it is sort of a bit grittier isn't it and and Wow. Oh, i am going to try that.
1: Yeah. I loved it. I liked, um, I watched the inauguration last night, being that it's January and I listened to Joe Biden's speech and I did love the fact that he did say, my mother used to say, I'm going to get in getting someone else's shoes. And I was like, yes, but um, yeah. and I, think I love visual things. So we mean to actually, you know, feel their pain and we need to name these really difficult emotions that, our children are feeling because when you, it's a psychological, you know, it's a fact from brain science. that If we articulate all of us and name the feelings, I feel jealous, I feel envious, I feel devastated. It actually releases hormones in our brains that help to us to get through the feeling. But if we shove them down, you know, you shove them in, we know, we try and bury them. We try not to go there. We don't actually go through the process. And when we go through the process, and teach our kids to go through the process, only then are they able to problem solve. And it's about problem solving. So I got a B. I mean, someone might go, oh, hey, God, you got a B. You know, I got got a D, you know, whatever. But for that person, that is devastating. So only when he's traveled through, we've got through the difficult part, we've felt it, we've cried, we've got upset. Are we able to, whew, be able to be in a space where our brain can start to connect what it needs to connect for us to move forward.
0: Because you're quite right, because that's what I sort of have always said is that if we don't allow our brain to process what's going on, Mm. it actually just comes back it snowballs doesn't it it comes back bigger and and messier and smellier and yeah. you know just a bit more scary actually yeah. so if we sort of start if we process that and allow those feelings and emotions to come out then yeah, I, I suppose it just. What, what does that do? Does that sort of relieve the pressure? Does that allow us to sort of lower expectations? What, or is it just a massive sigh of relief? What does that do to us?
1: Um, it doesn't necessarily need us to lower expectations, but what we want to teach our children is to problem solve, right? So, um, okay, yeah. I've, I've. If I if I mess up, you know, you you've you've. You get flooded, don't you? You just feel, sometimes it's shame. Sometimes it's, um, I feel incompetent sometimes. But once I've moved through my feeling, I want to be able to say, right, okay, what am I going to do to sort this out? And actually, I want to be in a position to maybe think of a couple of different ways that I can sort it out. But if I'm wallowing, maybe wallowing is too negative. If I'm stuck, let's call it stuck. If I'm stuck, as you said, with my big snowball, um, I, I probably don't want to come out of my hole, and I probably just want to turn around maybe and go back the way I came. But actually, I want to be in a position where I want to move forward, having learnt and taken on board what didn't work. So maybe this lovely chap that we've got to know now, maybe, and when he didn't get his A star, got speak, maybe he's I don't know maybe he stayed up all night. And actually he okay. was really tired. Maybe he tried doing mind maps when actually mind maps wasn't his thing. Maybe he you know he didn't actually, if he's honest, he didn't actually study that bit that he thought to himself, they won't ask me that part. Got you. So in order in order to pass the emotion, I have to then be able to say, okay, you know let's look and see what, what I what went wrong and most importantly how I learned. And if we think about it, Learning, everything we do, we really only learn properly what you know, usually when we've messed up. You know that whole thing where I say always about my kids, Kai, kind of, well she won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> right? So and that's and the same thing, you know, I, I remember my somebody lost something the other day and my thing is is you retrace your steps. Yeah. So it's mom, mom, what happened to the let's just retrace our steps. And then I heard one of them say to the other one, I I don't know where it is. Why don't you retrace your steps? (laughs) Bingo. I know, but that's kind of what learning is all about, right? And and so the the person who lost something, who actually also maybe, you know, wants to be perfect, and we feel we have that feeling of everything falling apart when we've lost our charge or something, And then all of a sudden, once you go, you can calm yourself down and click back into what you need to do in order to make sure that doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah. So as far as I I know that sort of, you know, perfectionism is is going to be that elusive goal. I know that. But what's the sort of fine line between sort of thinking, you know, that, okay, right, well, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but then... We still do, don't we, or not? Need to expect the very best of ourselves, yeah. or is that still too much pressure?
1: Well, that's I guess that's, that that can be if the if your perception if your perception of the very best is unrealistic. And okay. I'm not saying I think I love the I love the phrase, um, we're shooting for a healthy striving to achieve. Oh, right? wow, okay, healthy striving to achieve, we, we, we want, uh, you know, I want to, you, we all want to have a healthy striving to achieve. And it's this imposed unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. So when we look at our children, um, that's a really good point. We, we can tell if we really drill down and think about their temperament, how they're wired, you know, how they interact with the world What it is that knocks them, kind of knocks them down. Um, We talk so much these days about resilience, you know, everywhere you read, you know, and particularly it's true, resilience is important and this time has really showed us that. So resilience is an ability to go over those bumps and not be knocked down, right? And it's the old bouncing back from failure. And that is very much tied into perfectionism, isn't it? Because- You're, you, you, that's what we want in our kids. A a thing that says, okay, I'm striving and I know that I need to make mistakes. I feel good enough about myself. I have a strong enough self esteem and self confidence to actually, and, and self compassion to know that, um, I can, I can get stuff wrong and I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: it's it's, self-belief isn't it yeah
1: and it's really hard cut too because you know I with the parents just like you that I work with you can see that all of our kids we really want to build up this self-esteem you say how do you how do you do that yeah. and it, it is a long game but one of the ways just to, to see what we've already talked about is absolutely this whole idea of having your children know who they are on an emotional level right so the the idea of being aware of their emotions and not being frightened of them. Yeah. And, and that's about just, to, that's about us also modeling, being perceptive, saying to our children, wow, I can see that's really tough for you. I find, I think you find it, you can find it quite embarrassing when you have to do X, not in any shameful way. I get that. That's yeah. really tough. So it's that language that's, I mean, focusing rather on all, all these things and trying to name the feelings and I want my kids and everyone's kids to think that here we are where we're, I'm beside you. I'm not sort of talking down at you. I'm next to you, I get it. And this is, you know, that's tough stuff. I'm not in any way judging you or trying yeah. to change you. I'm not trying to change you because I know that you get quite sensitive about that and that's okay. Let's figure out, let's help you work to this this make this to your advantage rather rather than rather than the opposite so that's one way the other thing I just wanted to mention also is is in order to build our children's self-esteem it's also we want to keep focusing as a parent and also as me as an individual to keep point noticing and pointing out all the stuff they get right okay so often as a parent we are trying to fix and and um you know sort things out protect our kids we don't want but actually we really really want to notice and point out all the stuff they get right um and then they'll start feeling more competent right and more confident
0: and that's why it's that sort of slow burn isn't it is that all this comes from the 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 tiny building blocks one by one that we are adding to our child's self belief really
1: absolutely it is oh my goodness it is the is the long game um and just as a i just uh, was mentioning that yesterday was my son's believe it or not twenty first birthday but um I was talking to another parent and it made me just remind myself that in this day to day sort you know struggle the day to day life of being a parent, sometimes we lose sight that we're actually raising adults,
0: yeah, yeah. No, you're quite right, and 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 I think that's the thing, and and it's I I've sort of looked at it for a very long time that our kids are sort of mini adults from way back, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. it, it, it's not sort of suddenly they turn 18 or 21 and now we have to treat them differently. I think it's important. I mean, I always say that as individuals, we want to feel loved, understood, and respected. Yeah. Um, and I think the respect, and a lot of parents go, oh, no way, well, you know, they haven't earned that respect or whatever. I think it's important to be respectful of our kids at whatever age. But to treat them like mini, not, not even mini-me's, that's unfair, but like to sort of equals yeah. Um you know, because we're all we're all navigating this, aren't we? You know, yeah, we're absolutely. all trying to sort of do our very best. Okay, we've been round the block a few times, um, and so we've got that sort of benefit of experience. But I I mean, my kids, um, they're now sort of 25 and 27 but they taught me a lot in on my parenting well I'm still on this parenting journey but when they were sort of teens yeah and I think it's important to acknowledge that and that that so we we move from the manager role to the mentor role but it's not an overnight flip is it it's very gradual yeah. so yeah. it's important as you say to stand by beside them and walk with them you know together yeah.
1: Absolutely, and I love the way I love the word that you use, respect. I think um, absolutely we need to just have respect as such a core of what we do from the very beginning, and that means that we are really. That's also helping this whole perfectionist thing because if um, if I have a bad day and um, I end up, you know. Doing, shouting at my kids or whatever, it's, it's respectful and so important to be able to apologize to them. And so, you know, they're learning that I'm not perfect and that it's absolutely okay. And it's necessary to put your hand up and say, you know what, I really didn't get that right. And I, you know, I, that was a really bad day yesterday and I'm sorry. I am, um, you know, I, whatever it is, explain why, but um, I just didn't handle that the way I wanted to. And you do that when your kids are little too. Not, I mean, obviously, our kids are a bit older, so it's easier to have a conversation with an almost adult and say, oops, can I just rewind? But it's
0: so important, isn't it? Because yeah. I think the thing is, is that we do that. I'm the boss and I should know best and I've got to be, you know, I've got to know what I'm doing, hence the perfectionism. And actually... A lot of my time, I mean, I remember when the kids were sort of, you know, three and five, peering at them over the rim of the baths and going, I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's all right, mummy. You know, and and I think the thing is, is that it is is respectful, um, but it also shows kids that we are allowed to get it wrong we are allowed to screw yeah. up and yeah. and you know no one and I loved when you sort of said earlier that the the home has to be a sort of you know a place of no or less judgment yeah um and and it's important just to show our kids that even you know even mum on her pedestal for goodness sake she's allowed to you know we're, we're all allowed to screw up aren't we because and and that sort of that I then sort of think gives us the more wiggle room and allows us that space to breathe and that space to because kids are kicking the tires. Kids are sort of you know learning their way around this world. So if they feel that they've got to get it right the whole time, there's no way they're going to learn, are they?
1: Mm-mm. No, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, and that's there's no more powerful way than actually to show our children through how we behave. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, put up your hand, Yeah, show enough respect. And then the respect also goes um, to being honest as well. So if you're respectful of your children, then you're more inclined to be honest. Like, you know, I find it, my kids are obviously, as we said, older. But I say, you know, I find it really difficult to go into your room when it's a tip. Okay. <laughs> and I go, well, I I so you. actually... I might not come into your room until you decided that you're going to tidy it up. So what day well, we have just we don't have many rules in our family, but because of my perfectionist tendencies, I'm the rest of the house. My room is spotless. <laughs> so I knew that this would absolutely trigger me when I go into this yeah. room. And I don't see my children. I don't see that individual. I would only see the mess. Whereas actually, I want to. There's something I want to say to that little person sitting on the bed, and I can't get past the towels and and the socks. And so, in order to deal with that, first of all, I hold up my hand and I say, I, "I'm having trouble with this." Yeah. And then we figure out how to sort it out. So we have a, a routine now that on a certain day, um, actually, it's not my day really, unless something needs to happen that they choose to clean their room, and I maybe won't go up there if it's the day before. That's fine. Or we have things like, you know, the laundry. The rule is again, is that when the laundry goes on, if your stuff is not in the laundry, it doesn't get done. Straightforward. So, and they've learned, as you said before, so you know, they'll say, Mom, where is the something? And I'll say, Was it in the laundry?
0: No, I didn't, it's in my bag. Well. It's it's not. Yeah, I am so like you, Uh, but it's also me.
1: I've also had just as you said, this is a lot of me figuring out how I operate and how I can stay calm, respectful. So this works for me, and then it works. And I'm teaching. I'm teaching them also that they also need to to work with me in this process that we put together together, and things then will run. For the most part smoothly
0: yeah exactly and I think it's it's a matter of choosing your battles as well yes, isn't it because I I was going into just today I was going into um our, our laundry and run out of coat hangers and I thought well I know where they're not and they're not in yeah. my room so there's a, there's only one two places absolutely. where they can be so I had to venture into the kids rooms to go and find coat hangers and there was a laundry basket there full of Christmas presents that it was still sitting and and i i I was twitching, and actually I knew I'd known since Christmas that it's sitting there, and actually today, the perfectionists in me had to pick it up and put it into the wardrobe because I just couldn't cope any longer yeah, and I'm trying desperately not to say anything. Um, And my kids will just laugh when, you know, but it's or maybe they'll get really pissed off. I don't know, because it's their space. But, um, yeah, I I, I do hear you. And it's those it's that sort of. I got to the stage a bit like you is not being able to see past the mess and not being able to see the child that I I love dearly. Yeah. Um, but then that's my bad. That's my issue, not theirs. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, and actually they, um, interestingly, they also are maybe wired quite differently than you are. So so that's the other thing that we need to do. And going back to perfectionism, if my expectations that I have that I'm imposing on somebody else, then that, that's really, really not going to work. Whereas, you know, I've got one child who is super, super tidy I've got one who, anyway, we won't go there. And then the other one is probably somewhere in the middle. But it, it's and it's not just about tidiness, right? It's about how they just operate every day, how they approach life. And if we expect our children to have, you know, be wired and approach things the same way that we do, then we're going to not only be disappointed, and that disappointment yeah. is going to end up with friction between us. And it, yeah, it goes in the very beginning of, Everything is is the connection that we have between our kids. And as you know, what we all know, is it it only when we feel when our kids feel very, very deeply connected to us are they going to turn to us as that, as you said, yeah. as a as like a partner, as a mentor, and as a coach. And if we're trying to impose our own expectations on them, they are not gonna feel seen safe and heard, right? They're gonna be seen someone who I'm expected to be just like them. Yes. So it's really such an important thing. Um, And I think it takes, it's just such a gift to our children if we can just get past this, you know, the the way we see life for ourselves and get again into their shoes.
0: It is, it's imposing our standards on someone else, isn't it? Which is just wrong. And it doesn't mean that we, that, you know,
1: that we doesn't mean that we don't ex, we don't want our children to take on our family values and have high standards. And we want high standards, but we just need to appreciate that our, we're all wired differently. And um, we need to take that into consideration in order to try and build that connection that we really need with our kids.
0: And we we yes, we crave it, don't we? And that's yeah. the thing. I've, I sort of speak to so many parents who just sort of say, I, you know, and, and the kids just uh, they just don't get me. That is as yeah, simple as that. Mum doesn't get me. Dad doesn't get me. And I think the thing is, is that yeah, we are. It's it's going back into the smelly shoes, isn't it? Yeah. And that yeah, it's just sort of seeing something, um, and totally appreciating life from through a different lens, I guess. And that only takes practice, surely.
1: No, I think it takes it, absolutely. it Only takes practice, but and also sometimes though, once again, we have to just be a bit uncomfortable. As a as a parent, because sometimes we don't um, either get what we see, right? It's not how it's not how we approach the world, but we have to be um, have empathy and be generous enough to to also to really spend time thinking thinking about it. And mm-hmm. I do feel it is, as you said, is respect and, and generosity. Um, and one other thing, I was just thinking when you when you were talking about that too, is that. Just I think this this idea today of putting yourself in our kids shoes is so important because our kids are bombarded as we haven't really talked about this yet. But but they're bombarded by in every sense by these images of of perception and perfection, sorry, perfection. And it's the kind of it's the social media. It's the the, we we don't show how we get where we started. And where we ended, we only see the end part, which looks perfect. Yep. Um, and so it's about this effortless per- perfection. And I think we just need to be kind of aware, really aware of what our how our children are, you know, the environment that they're in. And it's a hard,
0: it's a really hard thing for them. And that's it, is that we've seen life without all of that technology, yeah. and yet our kids haven't. And so they sort of, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit like the Wizard of Oz and what's behind the curtain, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. And, um, and I think the thing is, is that for many, they sort of regard this as real life. And it's, it's I mean, I, I speak to a, sort of a couple of cli- young clients recently, uh, regularly, and it's reminding them, no, 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 yeah. this isn't real life. No, this is yeah. just, this is not how it happens every single day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to the point that I had to sort of show sort of one of them, look, you know, I look all right here, but you should see what I look like sort of from the waist down when I'm doing yeah. Zooms. And it's, oh, wow, I'd never have thought. And it was, yeah, yeah this is what real life's all about. Um, and it's just, but you see, that, that that's the sort of thing is that we're trying to build our children with resilience, as we've sort of said, but it's really tricky when the goalposts keep changing. I yeah. mean, you know, look look at our teenagers at the minute who who even from secondary school are are programmed to you've got to do your GCSEs, you've got to do your A levels, and those who want to go on to further education. And yet, suddenly, amongst all this, we go, "Oh no, you know, there's exams now they don't mean anything now. Yeah. We're not going to do them. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? You know, how can we?" help our children adjust when the goalposts, A, keep changing, and B, we've no idea what where the new posts are at yeah. the minute. What do we do there, Heather?
1: Well, it's back to this, we just need to keep telling them that we understand. Well, and even if they, oh, you don't understand, it's about like, you know, I can imagine that that is really unsettling for you, which is is way too timid a word, to actually have worked this hard, all last year and all this year, Thinking you're going to have exams and now they change them. That is really, really difficult, and I totally understand if you feel a bit at sea. That if you almost feel kind of, what's the point in trying? Because that's totally every, it. Yeah. Every time I try and do something, then they change the goalposts. We can't fix that for our kids. I, we can't change yeah. what's happening, but we can show them that you understand just how hard it is. Because so often we say, oh, my gosh, who would be a teenager these days? <laughs> or, oh, my goodness, it'll be fine. You guys will all get where you need to be in the end. Um, or it's quite patronizing, you know, you know, isn't it? Right. And it's also, um, and it, it, it just, it sounds as if we, we kind of want the answer. But also, I don't really think there is the answer. We, we just need to show them that we get it. We'll get through this. And then you can sit down and start to talk about it. Well, I think if you just keep doing what you have doing, what you've been do- trying so hard to do, I think we're doing teacher assessed grades. I'm not sure. But do you think that perhaps you know if you kept going, that would be a right stance? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. It, but it's just having the conversation and showing them that you understand and helping them work through and talk about it.
0: So it's, it's, it, it is. It's it is going back to that problem solving, isn't it? And helping yeah. them to sort of navigate those waters whilst we're beside them um, and giving them the opportunities to, I guess, try and sort of make sense of it all, but so, to gain some semblance of control again.
1: And also going back to, um, you're absolutely right. So a uh, really good point. One of the things with so much of, of all this uncertainty and change is that we have to teach our kids that it's the tiny baby steps, and tiny goals, and it's even what you know. Let's talk about. Um, shall we talk about what's, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, it's breaking it down. And then you can, the really important thing, going back to the point about focusing on the positive, I'm really impressed that you set out that list of things that you did today. And I see from here that you check them off. Doesn't that feel good when yeah. you checked it off and you, you've actually can say you've done it? Yeah. Um, you know, how does that feel? or you know, I know that's hard for you sometimes to drill down on a daily basis. I don't think that's really the way you're wired. I'm really impressed that you took made the effort to do it. yeah, so it's it's focusing on all those tiny, tiny steps that they take in the right direction and also keeping it positive and keeping it um, reinforcing the things they do right. and, making sure we empathize with how they're feeling.
0: That's it. And it is, it's empathy and it's um, validating everything that they're going through. And, but just, I I guess it is, it's just sort of readjusting the sails, isn't it? According to, um, you know, sort of where where they thought they were going and where they actually need to head.
1: Because actually that's such an amazing life lesson and it, it happened, you know, it does happen for all of us however that is their life and that is that is clearly I mean to them it's kind of everything and, and it should be because that's where yeah. they, they are and also we have to remember that you know teenage kids are uh, inherently um uh, self, uh, self-focus. self What's the diplomatic way of saying it? But they're self-you know, it's, it's, you could say they're, you know, they're very.
0: Word for independence. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're also very self, self-absorbed, they as they should be, because we know that their brains are developing. Their brain doesn't reach its maturity till their mid-20s. Yeah. So it's part of that shift. And we could talk about that for a minute: the shift from having the family unit as their place of safety and also reflection to moving to their peers in order to be independent. Right now, they're stuck at home with us. <laughs> they shouldn't be here. And um, so we know also that that's gonna be even harder for them and we can talk about it. Yes. This is so hard for you to be home with me at dinner again. You, should, you know, you're supposed to be out there, you know, um, being independent, making mistakes, figuring out who you are. Yeah. Um, and so I think it is important for them to know that that's also one of the reasons that they feel confused because they're they're actually supposed to be doing something else
0: exactly and i think it's acknowledging that and and um sort of putting their mind at rest because they don't actually they don't understand what all this chaos is but it's perfectly normal i mean you know it, it it's it's with respect very few of us can cope with a wet weekend with the whole family under the same no, roof I, I... so we've been doing this for months so you know i think we all deserve a bit of a sort of pat think, on the back yeah. um and and acknowledging that no uh, and i think you um you sort of, you know, you, you talk about what's it, the myth of effortless, effortless, I can't even say it, perfection, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Um, yeah. And it's just we, what, we, what we are striving for, which is just a happy family unit, is probably just enough with all this chaos that's going on. Completely.
1: So I think, you know, if you think about going back to where we started with the folded laundry and the time (laughs) on the sofa, um, you know, if if you've got through the day and you've checked some things off your list and you're actually focusing on just the connection and the love and helping your kids feel safe and secure and loved, I think that's
0: well done. That's everything else is a bonus, isn't
1: it? Yeah, everything else is a bonus, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's that it, it is hard, and I really do think that our kids ultimately will be okay. They are amazing, and this whole idea of missing a year of school is absolutely devastating. Also, it's out of our control. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. can, what can I control day to day? I can control, you know, g- helping my kids get some work done helping get through the day and just focusing on on them and and their feelings
0: you quite yes it and, and i think that i think maybe that's one of the good things um you know from lockdown is that we've learned to sort of maybe reconnect on a sort of um a slightly more gentler level haven't we with it yeah. with our kids yeah, yeah
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely and i think i'm um, you know you hope that um, a goal, and I keep talking about connection, but there really isn't another word, but deepening that relationship in any way we can. If we can come out the other side thinking, you know, okay, a lot of stuff didn't happen, but in the middle is a more deeply connected family. And that actually is, is will, be, will be the goal, I think.
0: Brilliant, yeah. My love, thank you. That I that's sort of, that's just sort of lightened the pressure a bit, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. But just just so um the listeners they, they can sort of get hold of you through the information in the show notes. But you're yeah. offering also um a, a sort of one page sort of um what do you call it a fridge? Actually, what I said was I was going to do a fridge sheet. So I yes. know
1: we've talked about a lot of things, but I'm going to boil down for you to five just points five oh, brilliant think about perfectionism from what we've talked about today and it really is just a nice way to remember um, what we might be thinking about so i will send i will add that as well
0: thank you so much i'll put the link of that for that in the show notes great thanks kai well th- heather thank you so much indeed that was that was just it's made from from, from me sort of you know self-confessed um perfectionist um it is just so quite reassuring to know that we don't always have to get it 100 percent correct
1: <laughs> no, no 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 absolutely not it's supposed
0: to be messy it is and, and i'm enjoying the messiness at the minute okay. believe me good <laughs> <laughs> heather thank you so thank much you. you're so welcome speak soon bye thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast if you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times, and I believe that it takes a village to raise a child, and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.